Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Naked Data Science. When we talk to people who want to transition into data science, we hear this question popping up more and more: What is the difference between data scientist and machine learning engineer, and which one should I choose? So, in this episode, we'll talk about why the separation between these two roles is ambiguous at best, why many people have switched between these roles, how we speculate these roles to evolve in the future. And also give you some tips on how to plan your career based on what we discussed. Enjoy. So you observe some things in the when you are looking to the job market. Now there's a more clear separation of roles in in a lot of companies. Yeah, I think it's it's become more divided in a way, probably due to some confusions between okay, what does a data scientist do? What does does everyone do machine learning or not? Mm-hmm. I think three or four of the bigger companies at least, and I think it's it's also getting more common in smaller companies that there's a data scientist role typically dedicated to finding insights, being、uh, expected to be more. More aware of the business domain, and there's a separate role from this, which is called the machine learning engineer.、Mm-hmm. I think the main defining factor is that the machine learning engineers work on training machine learning models,、mm-hmm. and of course, putting them into production in the bigger companies, but also in most places now, especially using some kind of cloud infrastructure that supports deployment and training and maintenance of models. You can make stories of why this comes to place, but I wasn't hundred percent sure if. This is the best way to divide things. Yeah. When I look back at my times in、uh, corporations and, and, and companies, what I realize is that a lot of times things got divided, or、uh, either responsibility or organizations or how teams are divided.、Um, a lot of times, it's not even based on what is most effective in solving a problem.、Uh, at least when you look at okay, you know, the outcome and how much that help things. But a lot of times, it's also can be because it's easier to manage. It could be it's more straightforward if you organize things in a certain way to give goals and objectives to those separations.、Uh, it can be you just separate something because you want to have a clear cut or handover, so you can say, okay, you know, this team we have done our job, and、uh, this is the part of or somebody else. And especially when you work in a big enough organization. Or a big enough challenge, I think there is more. It's a lot more tempting to separate things in as clear way as possible. I think if you look at even modern day management theories, you know there's a school of thought who says you know whatever you can measure, you can manage. Whatever you cannot measure, you cannot manage. In order to measure things, a lot of people think it's just good to separate things and then have a handover in between. Now the it seems to be that there are data scientists whose job is to come out with insights, and then somehow those insights. Got handed over to the machine learning engineers. What is the format? What is the exact thing they hand over? Is it like a notebook? Is it like a just findings? Is it just like okay, these are the list of I don't know input data you should take, and in theory you should be able to you know make some amazing output data. Yeah, I'm also uncertain about the exact ways that this is done. I can imagine it's done differently in different places, but one of the most common formulas seems to be the role that's called data scientist, focusing on understanding the 
the business domain, potentially the user if there's a product involved doing studies on products and especially experimentation. And then mm. the machine learning engineer role, for instance, can build those kind of engines mm-hmm. that are intelligent in a way that make the results. So let's say if you have a recommendation engine, some kind of intelligent search engine or something, the machine learning engineers work on the algorithms that sort or recommend items. And then the data scientists could be busy with understanding how this new algorithm performed in an A-B test, for instance, or starting with a question from a product-minded person, looking into historical data to find answers to those questions, to be able to quantify things, to have more evidence rejecting or supporting some kind of hypothesis. I think that's one way that things are divided. So for instance, the machine learning guys, I can imagine they're not completely separated from understanding the domain, but are expected to more focus on building those intelligent machines in a way. And on the other hand, the data scientists are, based on these descriptions, are less involved directly at least in building those kind of machinery. Mm. I was reading the Clean Coder the other day, and then um, one of the things that really struck me was in order to be considered a professional software engineer, a software developer, you need to understand your domain well, right? You, you need to have at least read a book or two about the domain. You need to be able to talk the language of a domain. I think it's fair to say that in a lot of situations that I have seen, that's not the case. When you mentioned this separation, one of my first concern is that, of course, you know, there are valid reasons to do it. But one of my first concern is that it seems to have this natural incentive then for the uh, machine learning engineers to care a bit less about, for example, the distribution of the data, the characteristic of the data, and how certain insights are created, tracing to the data that is formed, it seems to be that incentivize them to take what is given to them by the data scientists and implement something on top of that. And to me, at least in the cases I have seen, both in the the people that we have worked with and other teams and other business I've heard, I think the trade-off, it doesn't help neither the machine learning engineer nor the data scientist in those kind of situations to become a holistic problem solver. I just have that feeling that it's a bit unsettling. Yeah, exactly. It seems unlikely to me that you can be that optimal problem solver if you're not expected to be business savvy, for instance, or understand the domain as well as holistic problem solver, uh, as you said. I don't know how this will pan out in the future. Maybe in practice, those at least the better machine learning engineers are also adding or gathering those kind of insights that data scientists who know the business or expected to know the business better have in their minds or have worked on. So I can imagine the best problem solvers probably are also on top of their business domain. Mm -hmm. And from another perspective also, it seems arbitrary to me to draw this line at machine learning. And I don't know where that line really starts, uh, to be honest. I suspect it starts whatever the machine learning vendors are uh, marketing material starts. <laughs> I think right now there's a fair share of how organizations structure their teams and their roles. I somehow have a feeling that it's, it's a lot influenced also by the, you know, the top vendors of uh, machine learning solutions and big data, cloud computing, etc. They share success stories of their big clients, etc. And then when a smaller organization that is relatively new to this game, when they use those vendors and then they're like, oh, I guess this is the best practice and uh, let me just pick that up. Yeah, I think there's no denying that. Yeah, There's, there's a lot of yeah, conflict yeah. of interest there. But also it happens to be that those vendors also are 
trendsetters in data science yeah. most yeah. of the time. So, so I think th they're practicing this themselves and they're also advocating this. So I, mm. think, I think that's definitely the case. And the problem I have with, with this thing is the way we look at data scientists as, as data-driven scientific problem solvers, as, as we said before, machine learning is just one of your tools. And I, I can understand you can have different levels of expertise, focus on niches or going very deep in some specific application areas or theoretical areas of machine learning. But on the other hand, I feel it's super unnatural to say, hey, you're a data scientist looking for insights. You're not allowed to do machine learning. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also, like I said, a lot of times you naturally build up to more complex models and you naturally yeah. build up to fitting models to your data. So imagine maybe just this very simple case. Yeah? Like, like you're looking for insights. You have some kind of target variable or situation you're looking into and you start looking into correlations and other dependencies of individual variables to your target, trying to find some insights there. And I don't know, dividing things into multiple subsets and looking for patterns there. And once you look at the individual variables, I think naturally you will end up thinking about, okay, what about the combination of these variables? What if, for instance, this variable is influencing my target only under certain conditions or with certain values of other variables? And you might end up starting combining two variables together and looking at their combination with your target. And I think this is where you naturally end up realizing, okay, this can get really messy to look for these all these individual pieces of insight that are possible in this yeah. space of combinations, for instance. So I think in that sense, you naturally end up needing models that are structured. And then there is this vast domain of machine learning, which is basically about optimization problem to find models that fit to your data well. Of course, with, with a lot of nice theoretical guarantees and backgrounds and understanding of what's happening or what could happen about generalization. And in that sense, I don't really think drawing this line, at least in absolute terms of you're doing machine learning and this guy is not doing machine learning. You need to be business aware, you need to be domain aware, and, and this guy doesn't need to be domain aware. I think those kind of lines, for me, don't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think there's another, I would say, anecdotal evidence that uh, I have seen suggesting that this separation is a little bit more artificial than, than it should be in a lot of places, is that I quite often see and talk to people who have spent a few years working as a data scientist, want to go into the engineering side, the machine learning engineering side, and then also machine learning engineers who spend a few years doing that wanting to go into the data science side, right? And it's not a one-way change that we are talking about. But then both sides, I have seen this. When I talk to them, it also come to me that on both sides, there's a sense of feeling that what I am doing is not the whole thing. I want to learn this other part of the machine learning model, the problem solving, the understanding the data. So yeah, I, I think that indicates very strongly to that. I think reality being why it is, we will probably still see the splits uh, in a lot of places, you know, at least in the foreseeable next few years, let's say. Um, but I would say if I would get into a job in a company where you have this separation and, and then, you know, I'm either a data scientist or, or a machine learning engineer, then what I would really try to do is to kind of intentionally go a little bit over my uh, responsibility scope, mm -hmm. at least to understand the other side. Because one way or another, in our experience, we notice that it doesn't matter what 
your role is in a team. If you understand a little bit more outside your responsibility scope, you understand a little bit about, for example, how engineer does things, if you are a data scientist, or how product does things, or how user research does things. That little bit extra understanding and knowledge can really be an effective way that can just boost your collaboration with them, make you a much better problem solver, and uh, make your career and uh, life easier in, in, in companies. Yeah, it's also a relevant point going back to why the division come into place. I believe a lot of the motivation for introducing this change in the first place was also going back to matching expectations of what a title in a role introduces in a way. I've seen a lot of people, for instance, referring to these new data scientist jobs. Okay, this is just a glorified data analyst position because it doesn't have machine learning in it, for instance, or uh, we don't do, these guys are not doing day-to-day machine learning. So in a way, I think the name machine learning engineer makes it more clear and gives a clear promise that your job is going to contain and need machine learning. And my understanding is that the title of data scientist is still a satisfying title for people who want to be called uh, data scientists. But apparently in a company where there are also specific machine learning engineers, it's acceptable if data scientists are not directly doing machine learning. We faced this before ourselves in our teams. People who were upset, for instance, if in one specific project they ended up doing a statistical analysis and modeling and or at least didn't consider the job that they were doing worthy of being called a data science job. So I can imagine there is the history of this kind of mismatch of expectations as well that that, that led to this kind of division uh, with explicit introduction of a machine learning focus role. Uh, probably you're leaving room or uncertainty about what, what a data science role can contain and maybe you're defeating uh, this expectation that it has to have uh, machine learning in it. On the other hand, it can go to the extreme that if you have this job title of data scientist, then you're not going to do machine learning at all. And uh, and it's not in a- every place, but I think in places where you have both of the roles, there is uh, some kind of invisible line that is uh, making this division. Yeah, I remember talking to uh, one of the thing companies and then uh, about a certain position. And then at the end, their feedback to me is like, oh, we're looking for a head of data science, but then your profile we think is more a fit for a head of um, machine learning engineering. And then I was like, but I've only led data science before, so I don't <laughs> see the big difference. But now you mentioned that, it, it kind of rings a bell. Now now I understood why, why I'm getting yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, the vagueness of the term data scientist hasn't really improved during these years. And I think with this new division, maybe some things will change. Yeah. What do you think about the future? How do you think these roles will evolve? Uh, how do you think the other companies will, might be reacting to this kind of situation? Yeah, I found that to be a very good question and a difficult one to uh, elaborate my minds on because I, I recently noticed there are two things, right? So so in my head, there is how I think data science or data-driven problem solving should be structured in most companies, yeah? But then that is different from, based on everything I see, how I think mm-hmm. the market will go. So in the past, we talk about this topic, I always kind of mix the two and then uh, my kind of wish for how companies would do that differently, that kind of dominates. And then I I share that as what I think will happen in the future. Going back to your question, 
Yeah, this is personal perspective. Please don't take this as a personalized uh, career advice for listeners out there. But I do think what should happen or what would make a lot of sense from business perspective is that you should see actually more and more all around uh, holistic problem solvers. The reason is very simple. Nowadays, there are more and more abstractions on to do machine learning, right? So it used to be you need to like code a lot of stuff. And nowadays, there are abstractions layer. For example, like before in our auto ML uh, episode we talk about, there are a lot of abstraction level out there. It's relatively much lower effort than before to do machine learning. And on the other hand, the environment any business is operating in, especially when they are in tech, it's moving a lot faster. There's a lot more uncertainty and the time to market is just getting shorter and shorter, right? So when you put those together, you would argue it makes the best business sense when you put holistic problem solvers together, they can do go all the way from business inside to extract it from data to implementing at least some basic level of uh, machine learning solutions, yeah, build on abstraction level. And then from that point on, if, if there is the need and business value to optimize that further, then you can probably go beyond the standard library and, and whatever standard solution level and, and get better from there. So from my perspective, I think that's what makes business sense. And I think that will also makes a lot more sense for individuals because again, yeah, then you will have a lot more holistic problem solvers who will really enjoy the end-to-end solving a problem part. You don't have people who is thinking, oh, should I move between data science and engineer? What's the good balance for me? Which one pays better? You know, what job title sound better? Whatever, right? But that is what I wish would happen and what I think makes sense. The world doesn't necessarily care about that, right? So the world is a lot of times influenced by certain trends they are already going, yeah? And even those trends leads to a lot of business structuring, uh, data-driven problem solving for their business in efficient way. That happens. That happens all the time, yeah? You can have businesses that are running a very inefficient way of conducting even their core business for 10 years before they go busted, right? And I think that very well can happen and probably will happen when it comes to data science, machine learning, engineering. Companies can get themselves into a structure that is very inefficient. And over time, they get less and less competitive in their data-driven problem-solving capability. And they get outcompete by their competitors because the future is all in the data. But that then will take 10 years. And when it fails, when the companies fail to do that, very few people in the company will look back and say, you know, part of it is because of this structure and how we stop ourselves from being able to solve data-driven problem holistically. Um, so yeah, that's 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 how I think will happen. I think the trend will just become more. Yeah, I, I really like your analysis. And for me, it's also impossible to predict how things will pan out. The, the only trend that is clear to me, and, and I think you mentioned it greatly, is that doing things is becoming much more easier. And uh, there are platforms that are being developed. And one of their main selling points is that now with one click, now with two lines of code, you can do this. You can take your computations to the cloud. You can maintain things. You can keep a history of them. You can connect all these parts together seamlessly. And in that sense, I think like most engineering efforts, I think engineering intelligence systems would also become easier. And there, there will be, of course, still engineering challenges. What I am uncertain about, what is a question mark to me is, is there an intention or, or is it an expectation that the analytical part of the 
the role is less emphasized because that to me seems like a formula that is unlikely to work. So when I, I can totally see, okay, you have engineers who are great at building systems and you have also people who are analytical, but I don't think to build an end-to-end intelligent system to tackle really complex problems, you can you can separate these two from each other easily. And uh, it's interesting to see how it will uh, definitely pan out uh, in the future. Engineering is becoming easier uh, for sure. Maybe one possibility is that our engineers by definition become also more analytical or we expect them to be more analytical. And like you said, there's going to be some kind of merge in the roles where analytical people can also do the engineering because the tools have become much more proficient in that. And in the end, this role, whatever it's called, can encompass both of these parts and, and, and dimensions to it. Yeah. It's it's for sure not easy to predict. And uh, I was really intrigued when you mentioned the possibility of going the wrong direction uh, for a long time because we've also seen good examples of that in the past. I mean, if you look back, even in what happened in, let's say, pure software engineering, at a certain point, there's this big separation between QA and uh, software engineering. And whenever there's a strict separation between the two roles, there has never been a happy ending, right? It has always been uh, somehow the QA team developed into this non-healthy, even toxic culture of taking pride in fighting bugs and really torture any kind of new version of the software and taking pride in, in fighting those bugs, even if they are not so business crucial, right? even if something that is acceptable and, you know, you don't need to point it out with that level of toxicity. And on the software engineering side, it's very dreadful for the engineers. Every time if they need to send something to the QA, it's always been stressful and then there's tension between the two. That happens in quite a lot of places where you have very strict separation between the two and then you say, okay, this is QA's job, this is engineering's job, with the exception of some very charismatic uh, team leaders on, on either side. Those kind of situations tend to be more mild. Otherwise, it's very often you see this big conflicts and it doesn't help anyone. And then that's why you see in, for example, test-driven development, if they emphasize that software engineers rise the test, right? Because it helps them to become a more holistic problem solver. It helps them to take ownership, full ownership of their work, right? And then you don't have this skin in the game problem. And then you don't have this problem that writing a test is somebody's job, getting those tests passed is somebody else's job, checking that those tests get passed and and on top of that, some manual testing is, again, somebody else's job. Like that, business run very efficiently and people work very uh, unhappy most of the time. And I've seen something like that happen between data scientists and, and engineers, right? So I hope that is not going to be the case. Like, like always, it seems like there's a lot that has happened before in software engineering that, that is coming up yeah. again in, in the realm of data science. It's definitely exciting to see how it will yeah, move yeah. in the future. So everybody, that's the end of of uh, this episode. So it's nice to be back after we take a long pause. And tradition of the show to give a practical tip based on everything we have discussed uh, in this episode. I would say it doesn't matter which type of role you end up. If you are interested in becoming a person who can solve problems that are data intensive in nature, even if you end up in one side of these two jobs, then just spend some time every week on every project you work on. Just try to learn a little bit about how the other side, the data scientists you work with or the machine learning engineer you work with, how they see their job, how they come to the conclusion of uh, what is important, what is not. When they do the handover with you, you know what are some of the things 
they consider, what are some of the things they leave out. And once you start learning about this, you will find that it becomes much easier and easier to talk to them. And also, you will probably find that you become a more effective problem solver because now you can talk in their language and you can get information from them, but also help them to see things more effectively from your perspective. So I guess that's it. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Just one last thing before you go. If you are not a data scientist yet, but want to become one, you should really attend our webinar. We will demystify the transition into data science. We'll show you the most effective way to build your skills, and we'll advise you on the four possible options you can take to go from where you are to landing a data science job in as little as nine months. Find out more at nds.show forward slash webinar. That is nds.show forward slash webinar. All right, that's the end of this episode. Have a nice day. Thank you.